Right now, if you're expecting something from God, put your hand unashamedly in the air. I speak to you, my child, the one I love so very dearly, that you cannot be separated from me. I declare to you that you, like the Apostle Paul, in the dungeon are free, free as you praise, free of darkness. You are free of death. You are free of debt. You are free of doubt. You are free of delusion. Shout your freedom and know that your God inhabits, inhabits, inhabits the praises of his people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord Jesus. He just says, shout to the Lord. I think we ought to just shout to God right now. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Father. God, we are so thankful for all that you've done, all that you're doing right now. We praise you. We worship you, and we honor you, and we shout to you, Lord Jesus. Every fear is gone. Every doubt is gone. Father, we shout to you praises and honor to your name. We praise you, my Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. This is the time to surrender everything to him. The doubts, the unbeliefs, surrender it to God right now and just walk in victory. You walk out those doors in the next few moments after Pastor Scott ministers, you're walking out in victory. You got the victory. You recognize that and you keep your head up high. In Jesus' name, we praise you, Father. Amen. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Oh, what an awesome time. Praise you, Father. You can go ahead and be seated right now. Mm. Oh, praise you, Lord. Great worship team. Good job. Give him a hand. Praise you, Lord. What an awesome time. I tell you what, we're in ready for a dynamic service. I just I can't wait to see what all God is going to do. He's started already. He started even before we got here. You know, he started and he's going to continue on and on and on. Thank you for coming this morning. God bless you. It's time for, we're going to continue our worship with our tithe and our offerings. So uh, if you need an offering envelope, raise your hand. Uh, we got this contest going for the app. You can give on our app. I in, invite you to take advantage of the app. Give on the app. If you're watching this by live stream, you can certainly give right there off our website. We'd love to you would be involved. You heard the testimonies last week from Pastor Albert about what Generations Church is doing, not only in our own community, but around the world. And you're part of that because you give faithfully. And if you're watching by live stream and you're giving, you're part of that. And every soul that's being reached for the kingdom of God, you had a part of. Amen. I got one verse of scripture I'm going to share with you this morning, and it's from 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2. 
very familiar uh, verse of Scripture. And it says, and this is, we're talking about stewardship and we're talking about stewards. And it says, moreover, it starts out with this powerful word, moreover. That means it's, it's above anything else. The Living Bible says it this way, it's the most important thing. So think about that as we read the rest of this verse. It says, moreover, it is required. It's not an option. It's a requirement. We have an option before we accept Jesus Christ into our life. We have an option to accept Him or reject Him as our Lord and Savior. But once you make the decision to accept Jesus Christ into your life, you then become a steward of Him. That word steward means this. It's a person put in charge of the affairs of a large household or estate whose duties include management of household accounts and administrator. That word, that scripture says, moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. Faithful to God with your talents, faithful to God with your time, faithful to God with all your resources, including your finances. It says, required of us as stewards that we be found faithful. I can tell you what, this church is so faithful. All the churches that you build around the world, the works that you uh, support in other parts of this country and even in our own community here, you're faithful stewards. You give faithfully to God. And so you have followed that requirement very well. Amen. God bless you, ushers, whenever you're ready. Yeah, come on. All right. Good morning, everybody. Good to see everybody today. The ushers are coming to receive our tithes and offerings right now, but uh, we just want to give you a big welcome and thank you so much for coming to Generations Church today, and uh, we hope you just sit back and relax and enjoy the presence of God that is here today, enjoy the love of these people that are here today, and uh, if this is your very first time to be at Generations with us, uh, we want a chance to get to meet you personally. Make sure you go by our Welcome Center, it's in our North Foyer, before you leave after service, let them know, hey, it's my first time, we've got a little gift we just want to give you to say thank you and let you know anything you might want to know about our church, and we hope you come back as often as you possibly can, amen? Amen. Amen. All right, well, it's good to see everybody. Yeah. What's God's going doing, on, Dad? Well, God's doing good things, always. Excuse me, I didn't turn on. Yeah, thank you. All right. Now, how about that? All right. Good morning, everybody. Say it with me. The Lord is good. The Lord is good. And His mercy endures forever. His mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He is so good. Amen. I have a really uh, short and uh, exciting announcement that I'd like to make to you this morning. Um, to all of you who... I have ever thought, desired, wished, dreamed, or it just maybe just came through your mind as a quick thought. But if you've ever thought about going to Israel and uh, the land of the Bible, praise the Lord. I just want to give you a heads up. Uh, in uh, November of this last year, we had a great trip. We had a, uh, from the church, people went. We had about a, a group of about 21 people and really had a very... Uh, important, you know, I'm trying to look for the adjective there, but it, you know, it was just, a, it was a spiritual time and an enjoyable time. But um, what we're doing right now is we're putting together another tour, another trip to the land of the Bible in March uh, of 2019. Right. That's like one year and a few days from now. 
And uh, we'd love for all of you to go. Praise the Lord. We're going to take a group probably of around maybe 25 or 30. And so, you know, it's not a big, huge group. So it'll be a, a, a small enough that we can, Monica and I can have time with you and we can enjoy the tour together uh, and talk about the Bible, talk about the scriptures, talk about where Jesus walked and taught. And uh, so we'd love for you to uh, put that on your, in your thoughts and hopefully you can go. Uh, it will be, we'll leave on March the 7th, if you're wanting to mark your calendar, March the 7th, and we should be home the, uh, the day of the 19th. I think we'll leave there about midnight on the 18th, so we'll be home on the 19th, okay? So it'll be a good tour. It's gonna be a lot of fun. The, the weather's great that time of year, and um, you're gonna be blessed if you, if you wanna go. Uh, I might just say this, you know, some of, some of you grands, you know, who say, well, you know, I just, I, well, I'd like to go, but I, I just can't go, you know, hey, you know what, it'd be really, really great if you were to just pay for your, send your grandkids or send your kids, send your younger kids, young adults. I would love to see a lot of young adults go so that you could get the appreciation of what Israel is all about, what the Bible is all about. Where did the word that we study and love so much come from? And I guarantee you it'll change your life. So anyway, I'm just throwing out seeds you know, I'm, I've got, I hope I've got some good fertile ground out there somewhere. Some of this is going to grow. Hey, man, God bless you. And I just wanted to tell you about that. Okay, right. March 7, be back 19th. All right, cool. God bless you. All right, very cool. So you have some time to plan. Oh, let me tell you what. Being, being in Israel, we got to go, uh, Melissa and I got to go a few years ago uh, with Dad and just life-changing even you yes, know and even if you're somebody who's like well i don't know if i re- i don't need to go to israel because you know the bible's alive for me let me tell you what when you are standing there in some of those places you just it's an overwhelming sensation and and i'm telling you what seeing these places and uh hearing a pastor explain some of the things that were going on he he helps make it come alive so much he, he's he's a wise man so uh, I, you couldn't find a better trip to go on and then with uh, mom and dad here all right uh, so we got a lot going on make sure you look in your bulletins what's happening this week and next week and different times I want to give you one reminder for all of our volunteers which is almost all of you um, it should be all of you but for all of our volunteers if you haven't heard the word we're having to postpone our volunteer appreciation dinner that was all set to go next Sunday, uh, Sunday evening. We were, we were set. We were excited about it. And forces outside our control, the restaurant, um, made it impossible. So uh, it, we, we, we can't do it right now, but we're, something is in the works, but uh, we're very sorry about that. Um, but we're going to make something happen because we appreciate every single one of you, so many of you, uh, who make generations happen every single week. And uh, we do say we love you and we thank you so much. Okay. Hey, today uh, we get to do something really fun. We get to do something that we love to do. Here comes my wife, Melissa. And uh, we are going to dedicate some beautiful babies to the Lord this morning. Yeah. So what we're going to do, um, we're going to ask for, for parents and babies to come right down here to the front right here. So first, can we have beautiful Elsie Joy Clift? And her parents, Zach and Pam. All right. Little Rosalind, Virginia, Lawson, Rosie. And her parents, Tristan and Cody. 
Christian Jeremiah Perez and her parents Martin and Alyssa. Here they come, awesome. And little Ella Marie Grace Tokarski and her parents Chrissy and Parker. All right, you guys. Awesome, come on down here. Look at these beautiful, beautiful families. Oh my goodness. All right. Oh, he is so handsome in his bow tie. Bow ties are cool. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. You're just going to melt from all the cuteness up here. My goodness. Well, I just want to say a, a few things to you guys uh, today. Dedicating our children, it's special. It's an act of worship, and it's an act of, of offering back to God this precious gift that he's given you, right? Um, it's an act of worship, it's an act of thanksgiving, and it's a, it's a statement of commitment that you're making to the Lord. It's a practice that we see modeled in Scripture. Uh, we even see Jesus' parents dedicated him to the, brought him to the temple after he was born. And so we, we follow in that, dedicate him to the Lord. Now, when we offer our children to the Lord, I always like to remind parents of this, what it is and what it's not. When we offer our children to the Lord, we're not we're not giving them back to God for him to raise because he said, no, they're yours. You, you take them, right? <laughs> so we're not, we're not giving them back in that way. And it's not some kind of magical ceremony that saves their souls, right? Because salvation comes by faith. through It's, it's by grace through faith. It's the choice that they will make someday to follow Jesus, right? But today, you as parents, what you're doing is making a commitment and a covenant before the Lord right now to walk in his ways and model the Lord's ways to your children. And, uh, and our desire is that someday these beautiful boys and girls will choose to follow Jesus and serve him. In Deuteronomy 6, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them upon your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. That just means all the time. When they get up at bedtime, at meals, when you're playing, you're always talking about it. And in the New Testament, it says, Fathers, don't provoke your children to wrath. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. I think that's good for fathers and mothers to remember. So today, moms and dads, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to... Number one, make your own relationship with Jesus a priority like never before in your life. Because that is first and foremost, and that's what your kids are going to see. The sobering fact is that our children see what we do, even more than they listen to what we say. <laughs> I gotta, that doesn't always happen. <laughs> but they see what we do, right? They see how we act, and they're watching us. They're always watching us. And so make your relationship with God and with each other a, a part of your everyday culture in your home. So I'm going to ask you guys, some, I'm going to ask you four questions, and you just repeat, I do. Hopefully you'll say, I do. Here we go. Number one, parents, do you commit today with the help of the Holy Spirit to model a Christ-like lifestyle and live openly your personal relationship with God, recognizing your child is more likely to follow Jesus by the model they first observe in you? Will you commit 
to teach your child God's word, demonstrate to them God's love, and lead them in a salvation experience at an early age. All right. Parents, will you commit to pray for them and teach them to pray? And do you commit to be parents of patience, recognizing that raising your child will require time, prayer, and the leading of the Holy Spirit in order to guide them towards what's God's best? All right. Praise the Lord. Let's, let's pray together. Hallelujah. Father God, I thank you so much for every single one of these beautiful families, Lord. We place our hands on their head and we just, Lord, we give them a blessing. We anoint them, Lord God, with wisdom that is beyond their years, Father God. I thank you, Lord, and for these beautiful, beautiful children, Lord God. I thank you that you walk with them, minister to them, protect them, give them answers when they need those answers, give them patience when patience is hard to come by. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, help them to be the parents that you've called them to be. And I thank you, Lord, that you help us as a church to be the church that they need, the brothers and sisters that they need as well, to walk beside them and, and encourage them and help us to be good pastors, to teach them in all your ways. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hey, let me give you guys... It's right here. There we go. <coughs> Hallelujah. Hello. <laughs> you beautiful. Oh my goodness. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Be blessed. Hallelujah. Be blessed, little man. In Jesus' name. Be blessed, sweetie. Jesus' name. All right, we gotta get a we get a little picture here. Let's crowd together. Maybe we can fit. Have to be from an angle. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Let's give them a big hand. Thank you, guys. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. In just a few minutes, we're going to um, introduce our, our special speaker today. I know it is going to be a great blessing to you. I wanted to just take a minute, if I could, and um, talk about a couple of thoughts that I've had this week. You know, this past week, uh, we, uh, this is the first Sunday of the season of Lent, the season of Lent, which is... A traditionally, um, a time for, for Christians to uh, examine their hearts, and a lot of self-introspection, ins ins inspection, and um, a time to repent, and often a time to lament uh, our sins and, and the sins of, of, our, of our country, and, and this week that was brought home so terribly uh, poignantly in the, in the yet another awful uh, mass shooting in our country 
over in Parkland, Florida, where 17 beautiful people, kids and teachers were murdered. And I know if you're like me, you're, when these things happen, you're probably at a loss for words, except for why, why, why again, why? And, uh, and this, I, I really asked the Lord to help me know exactly what to say to make sense of this type, type of thing, because um, it's, it's stunning and it just grieves our hearts so much. And so I want to make a couple of comments and, and recommendations to us, and then we're going to pray. Um, some of this, you're going to affirm with me, I'm sure, and some of this might make you disagree. That's okay. One of the facts of the matter is that we live in a culture of death. We live in a culture that idolizes death and violence and the instruments of violence. It's an idolatry of death all around us. We kill our youth in their, kid, in, in their schools, on the streets. And this isn't a left-right issue. Uh, I'm not a politician. I'm your pastor. So I'm not here to tell you the answers as far as legislation, that sort of thing. Um, but it's not a left-right issue. But we live in a culture that idolizes death. We, um, we abort our unborn children. We, we have murder on the streets and in the, in the schools. We're one of the only Western countries that executes our criminals, for that matter. Like I said, so these things you might be for or against. That's not really my concern. Well, we, we pretend to kill people in our games that we play, video games. It's, we've had 18 non terroristic mass shootings in our country this year. Eight of those have been on school property, and we're only in the seventh week of the year. We have a higher chance of being murdered in America than any other first world country on this planet. And our only solutions, you know, that you hear on the news and people arguing about, there's solutions on both sides, people say. One solution is, well, we should take away all the guns and of course, that would mean taking away guns from people who want to protect themselves. The other solutions you hear, well, we need to arm our teachers and post SWAT teams in schools like we live in Iraq or something. The politicians seem at a loss or unwilling to find any middle ground. If you haven't noticed, our world needs Jesus. Our world needs Jesus. The world is drowning in its sins. So what are we to do? What are we to do? So let me say this. I'm, I'm, I'm speaking as your pastor, but I'm also just speaking as a, as a friend, as a fellow disciple, as a Christian. However you fall on the political questions, and how, however you fall, vote for good legislation, vote for good 
brave leaders, vote that way, however you fall. And make no mistake, in this room, I know you, I'm seeing your faces, I've talked to you. There are some of you in this room who believe fervently in your right to carry guns, and the other half believe society would be better without guns. We're all here in the same room, and all the ones that I'm looking at that I know represent those two aisles both love Jesus. So don't, this is coming from my heart, don't get drawn into any argument that tries to align the cross with the flag of your political party. First of all, don't get drawn into that. You're not going to change anybody's mind. And what you're probably going to do is besmirch the name of Jesus. Don't get drawn into that argument. We are followers of Christ. We are ambassadors of his kingdom. And as we keep saying in here, we are representatives and voices of the third way. There's a third way that our society needs to hear. I've noticed, I don't know if you've noticed, there's a huge backlash. seems like right now happening in our society against people offering thoughts and prayers. Have you heard about this? People's thoughts and prayers. And they're acting, reacting angrily about this. And that, that grieves me because I know it's not really because people don't want us to pray it's because all too often, thoughts and prayers become shorthand for not really doing anything, not doing anything with the problem, or worse, attaching Jesus to our political argument, whatever that is. You and I are called to be ambassadors of, of love, ambassadors of the kingdom of God, and we believe this. I believe that with my whole heart. When the world screams and rages and mourns, listen. Listen to them. Comfort them. Mourn with them. Love them. Render aid. And yes, pray. Pray. Because what the world doesn't often realize is that prayer is powerful. And prayer, when it's sincere, and it carries with it the power of change, it carries with it the power of true salvation and the power of healing. We are people of prayer. So make sure your thoughts and prayers are not empty words. If you're going to pray, get on your knees and pray, right? Pray in faith. And never forget, never forget that the scriptures teach us that we do have authority over the powers of darkness. We do. I believe that in our own lives, in the lives of our children. And I pray for God's protection over my kids every single day. And we're also taught that it is good and proper to mourn with those who mourn and to lament the state of our nation and, and to ask for forgiveness, which is especially appropriate during this season of, of Lent. So I want to pray this morning. I invite you to pray with me right now. Hallelujah. Dear Jesus, send, Lord, first of all, we ask for you to just send your comforting spirit to the families who lost loved ones over in Parkland, Florida. Father God, Lord, those who are uh, recovering and injured, healed, heal the injured. May they feel intensely your love are all around them, Lord. Father, we pray that you give our civic leaders the wisdom to know 
the ways that make for peace. Lord, as Jesus taught us to do, we even pray for this murderer. We ask that you envelop him in love and work on his heart, rid his heart of evil, transform his soul. Lord, heal our country. Heal us, Lord, of this obsession that we have with death and violence. And Lord, help us, your church, help us to rise up above the political screaming and to be a voice for hope and for real healing, healing that can only be found in Jesus Christ who saves the world from its sins. Hallelujah. In in the words of St. Francis, Lord, make us an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us so love Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, let us sow hope. Where there's darkness, light. Where there's sadness, joy. Oh God, grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive It is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Hallelujah. Well, thanks for letting me just speak that for a couple of minutes there. Okay. Well, are you ready to be encouraged this morning? Amen. John, I got them all warmed up. They're nice and mad. (laughs) They're angry. Uh, right now, I'm so excited because we do. We, uh, we have uh, a gentleman who uh, he and his wife, Jeannie, together are, are leaders of our youth ministry and have been for years. And uh, this is just an incredible man, uh, a more humble man, uh, a more wise man. You'd, you'd be hard to find. And so I want us to give a big Generations Church welcome. He gets to talk to grown-ups this morning, okay? Uh, so give him a big welcome to Mr. John Burns. Well, good morning, everyone. You know, uh, Scott talking about the the shooting over there is, is, you know, that's always a tough thing. It's it's tough for us to reconcile, and you did such a great job, Scott, in, in talking about that. And uh, just so happens that Jeannie and I are going to be in that area next weekend, and we've made it a point to uh, go up to that location, and and uh, we've actually been able to go to some other um, spots. We went with uh, Pastor Scott and Mel uh, to Orlando, to a, a place where there was a shooting like that, and we're able to pray for some loved ones uh, while we were there. And, and that's our prayer, that we can reach out and touch, and really that's the best uh, we can do from this place, right, is, is pray. So thanks for sharing that, Scott. Well, <clears throat> I'm glad to be here today, uh, especially on a day when uh, we've dedicated the babies. Uh, isn't that awesome to see the church grow that way? Um, it's, it's good to see the, the little ones with so much potential in life. And, and a couple of them are real, to me, are really special to me and, and our family. Uh, not that they're not all special, but a couple of them are, are closer. One of them is our granddaughter, Rosie. Uh, you saw her up here. She's just a doll. And uh, I am uh, 
I'm really pushing to be the favorite grandparent. Yeah. I've already ordered her her car for when she turned 16. And uh, I'm, I'm willing to buy that position, so... Uh, but another one, uh, another uh, baby special to us is Elsie, who is um, Zach and Pam's daughter. And she, you know, she is a blessing because, I mean, she's a blessing, but because I remember us praying, and I know several of us have, we prayed for Zach and Pam because they were having trouble having children. And, and they took it to the Lord, and she's just a picture of, his promise, uh, you know, just seeing that and seeing the answered prayer uh, as we as we continue to seek him for things. And I know we're all grateful that she looks more like Pam than Zach. <laughs> it's real important. Um, well, a few mo- a few months ago, Zach was actually up here and and he did something. And, and I was thinking about this as I was preparing the message. And you know, he had had a a picture of his of family up there kind of introduced himself, and I thought, you know, maybe some of you guys don't know me and my family, so uh, I decided I'd go ahead and put a picture up of our family. <laughs> that's not really all of us. We got a bigger family than that, but that's that was a great day well, when we went out there. Um, <clears throat> anyway, just joking, just joking. I, I do want to... Uh, recognize uh, my mom and my stepdad came down from Oklahoma, Evelyn and Michael Grimley. They came all the way down this weekend, 500 miles, and I, I thank my mom for coming down to, to hear me preach, and she said, oh, you're preaching? So I came down for the baby dedication. I, I didn't realize. Well, anyway, you know, it's been prophesied that 2018, this year, is a year of breakthrough. It's a year of new beginnings. And, you know, I think for a lot of us, that may be a, a, just a refreshing thing. Maybe 2017 may have been a challenge for some of us, right? <laughs> Amen. But anyone that uh, had flood damage is like, yes, yes. Um, but, you know, it may, it may be more than that. It may be that we're, we're looking for a breakthrough in some area of our life, or maybe an extension of our faith, you know, maybe God's working on something, and we are, you know, we're just uh, working through that, and we're we're expecting this year uh, to do something, uh, you know, to do something, for God to do something great for us. Maybe, maybe we're looking for a deeper relationship, and and I always look, you know, I look at my my life as seasons, and and it's always good to kind of break up years and and see that 2018 can be a a season for us, and because I believe I believe there's a I don't know there's something that we do at least psychologically in the beginning of a new year we start new habits and things like that, but so at the beginning of this year I was looking for some inspiration for not only the youth group, but for my family. And I'm, I'm going through the scriptures, and, and I just, I believe, and I had heard 2018 is a year breakthrough, and, and I need something that I can hang my hat on. And so I'm going through the scriptures and praying and, and things like that. But I happened to be, at that time, reading in 1 Corinthians, because I always try to read through the Bible 
once a year, or not First Corinthians, but First Chronicles. I always try to read through the Bible once a year, and I just happen to be at that spot. Now, I don't know if you're that familiar with First Chronicles, but the first few chapters are not very inspiring. Um, they, it's full of genealogy, so so-and-so begat so-and-so, and he begat so-and-so, and he begat so-and-so. And you just see this through uh, the first part of First Chronicles. And it, it, it really was a yawner, to be real honest. <laughs> I don't know if you've, you've read through it, but it's just kind of a yawner. And it, it kind of reminds me of whenever I was... Uh, at work uh, this last summer, a few times, I just felt like I needed to get a little fresh perspective, and, and I wouldn't recommend this, but what I did is at lunch uh, for a few days, I actually drove down to a, a cemetery that's down by the downtown area, and just kind of drove through and looked at these tombstones, and and I found some that were fascinating. I would I would see like people that were that lived or lived and died in the 1800s, and you know you would see grandparents, and then the parents, and then the children and grandchildren. You'd see them all there, and you'd see generations uh, represented here in in this cemetery. And I would read the names, and you know some of them would say beloved mother, beloved father. But most of the time, what I, you know, really the only information I would get is the date they were born and the date that they died. And that's really the only evidence that they were ever here on the earth, as far as I know, right? It's just going and looking at that. And so I would, you know, I would think about, you know, the eras in which they lived. Some of them were in the Great Depression. And, you know, I'd think about what, what they thought about, what they worried about, what they prayed about, what their hopes and dreams were. Some were in the war. And, and you know, you, you have these lives um, that are here, but... We really don't know anything about them. And that, that kind of, it's kind of like reading through those genealogies because you see these names, and some of them you may recognize because they're written in another book in, in the Bible and you know the story of them. But a lot of them were just regular folks that lived their lives, and they, they really, all you know is there's their name and who their father was and who their children were. And that's really... That's it. And there's just generations of people as you read through it. And, but one thing I came across was in First Chronicles chapter 4, I found a spot that brought inspiration to me uh, for this year. And this is what I want to talk to you guys about today. In First Chron Chronicles chapter 4, verses 9 and 10, we're introduced to a man named Jabez. And some of you have heard the name. And what I find, what I find interesting about this is there's only two verses about the man. But the impact that he had on the writer of Chronicles... To, to make his way into those two verses. And the wealth of, of information that's in those two verses is really incredible to me. And so what I'm talking about today is the cry of Jabez. 
And the question that I ask myself and, and I'm going to talk about today is, what was it about the life of Jabez that was so important that he, that, that the writer, the author of 1 Chronicles would pause in his list of genealogies and say, oh yeah, by the way, here's this man named Jabez, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about this guy. And then he does the two verses, and then he goes back on with the genealogies. There's something impactful about his life. So let's go ahead and read this together. Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in pain. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. So what we're looking at here is really more than just a prayer of blessing. And, and I, I kind of want to get into this because I... I, I believe what we're looking at is really the journey of a man, not just a prayer. I think, I think this, these two verses really, uh, really tell a story of a guy's quest to find his identity. And, and to kind of help set that up, uh, I've got to talk about Star Wars. How many Star Wars fans do we have? Hold them high, Star Wars fans. Okay, yeah, double fan. So a few of you. Now the rest of you, um, if you're not a Star Wars fan, we will have a time of prayer and repentance at the end <laughs> of the service. Um, Star, Wars, Star Wars to me is, is just this fantastic thing, and, and whenever they came out with the new ones, I was just, just impressed. Uh, but the picture you see behind me, if you're not familiar with her, um, is a, a girl named Ray, and there's an interesting story, and I'm not going to go all the way through it, but for those of you that aren't familiar, she was abandoned by her parents on the planet Jakku in, when she was about five years old. And all we see is a clip of uh, her there, somebody drops her off, and they get in a spaceship, and they, they take off, and she's screaming. And, and anyway, she ends up, on this planet, it's a desolate planet, it's covered with sand, and she ends up spending most of her time uh, gathering up spare parts off of these crashed ships and selling them, and trading them for food, and that was what she did. But in, the, in the, the first story of hers, Force Awakens, she ends up meeting this droid called BB-8. See, Star Wars fans, you guys are like with me. Everybody else is puzzled. Uh, she meets this droid named BB-8. I'm going somewhere with this. And, and because she meets him, she ends up meeting other people. And, and it, she launches into this journey. And, all the, and on one side of her story, she's trying to find out who she is. She's trying to discover who she is as a person. She also wants to know where she came from, where her parents are, what her history would be. She doesn't know those things. On the other hand, as she's making, taking uh, this journey of discovery, she becomes a hero. And she is, I mean, she is one of them that, 
um, helps the resistance as they as they battle the first order, and it's it's just so exciting. I'm, you guys, <laughs> Amen. Star Wars fans unite. Yeah. <clears throat> But anyway, even, even beyond that, here's what I want to do. I want to draw a few similarities between her life and the life of Jabez. Okay, first, they both began life with the odds against them. It says, when Jabez was born, his mother named him Jabez because I bore him in pain. There were some things against him. We'll get into that here in a little bit, but um, to me, that's, that's very key. They both lived lives of honor, even though it wasn't easy. And it would have probably been easier for them to go over to the dark side. Star Wars fans, we understand that. <laughs> and they both fought with tremendous effort to overcome adversity. And then the last thing, they both understood the true source of life. Okay? All right. Now, obviously, Ray was a fictional character. Um, we've yet to see the end of her story, um, but I can't wait for that next movie that comes out. Um, <clears throat> but with Jabez, he wasn't a fictional character. He was a real guy. He was a regular guy. He wasn't a king. He wasn't a prophet. He was a regular guy that did something that got him into the scriptures. And so <clears throat> what I want to do is I want to kind of go through his story. Now we know Jabez, it says Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. We know that. And I'll get into why I think that is. But first thing I want to focus on is the, ver the part of the verse where it says that his mother named him Jabez because he bore me pain. Or she says, I bore him in pain. So let's, let's look at that, okay? All right, that's that. All right. So what, <clears throat> what's in a name? So Jabez, the meaning of the name Jabez is pretty simple. You get it from the verse, is pain. Now, can you imagine being named pain? Now, sometimes some of you may have been called a pain, but to actually go through life and here's my birth certificate. What's your name? I'm pain. That's, that's Jabez. And in our culture, names have a significance because we can discriminate between people using different names, and that's, that's what we call them. But in other cultures, names have a great amount of significance. And what you are named in some cultures, even today, um, really tells a lot about the character of the person that you are. And I want to give a couple examples of this. Uh, we've got Abraham, right? He is the father of a multitude. That's what Abraham means. Remember, his name was Abram, and God said, I'm going to call you Abraham, father of a multitude. And what did he become? Father of a multitude, right? The next one, we've got Israel. He used to be called Jacob. And he wrestled with God all night, right? And so his name was changed to Israel. So now, in 2019, we're going uh, to tour the nation of Israel, not the nation of Jacob, right? His name was changed, 
and, and the rest is history. Even in the New Testament, there was a guy named Simon who was kind of wishy-washy. And Jesus came and changed his name to Peter. And he became the foundation of the church. And Peter means rock. Peter means rock. Okay? So Jabez understood the power of a name. And he understood that that carried his identity. And so he went through life. And now one piece about this is we know that he had brothers. It says he was more honorable than his brothers. Now, can you imagine what it was like in that house with brothers having that name? I bet it wasn't fun for him. I don't know what their names were, but <clears throat> here's why I think he was more honorable than his brothers, and it's because he made a decision that that name would not identify who he was going to be the rest of his life. Amen. He said, I am not going to be a pain, but I am going to be something else. I'm going to be a contributor. I'm going to walk outside of this box that has been set for me, and I'm going to live my life for God in a new identity. So let's take a look at his prayer. Okay, so the first thing he says is, Oh, that you would bless me indeed. <clears throat> now, obviously, if you're born under a curse, you've got to undo that curse. And the reason why I say he's born under a curse is because he was named Pain. Okay? And like I said, in that culture, names meant a lot. And so he lived his life as a Pain. Or that was his identity, a Pain. I don't know if he was a Pain. I don't think he was. So, in this, it says, Oh, that you would bless me indeed. Now, the word indeed is an emphasis here. It's something that the English language stuck in there. But basically, what it's saying is, Oh, that you would bless me with blessings upon blessings. Okay? You would continually bless me. Not just one blessing, but continually bless me. And I believe the reason why he did that is because he understood that he needed that in his life. He knew that was a source of life. Blessing, by the way, is basically supernatural favor. That's what we're talking about. So he's saying, God, I need your supernatural favor in a major way. That's what he's saying to God. I've been named pain. I don't accept that identity. I want to move on with my life. I need your help. This is what Jabez is saying. Okay? You guys okay? All right. The next thing he says is enlarge my territory. Okay? There's a, there's a couple pieces to this and <clears throat> that I want to talk about. One of them is I believe this is a prayer of Lord physically enlarge my territory. And one reason why um, I think this was impactful for this time is because during that time, the people that owned the land were also the people that employed other people, right? So they, they had the land. They would employ people to work their fields, to harvest their crops. And then there was another thing. In the law back then, uh, they had to keep the corners of their fields 
available for anybody that could not afford to buy food. And they could go and they could glean in their fields. And so one thing I believe that, that Jabez is asking for here is the opportunity to be a contributor to his society and somebody that helped other people. I don't think this is a selfish prayer. I don't believe that's what God had in mind when he had the writer of First Chronicles place that in there for us to see thousands of years later. I believe that what he's looking for is a place in life where he is not a pain, but he is a help to other people. You get that? You understand? Okay. So, so that's what I, I believe, that piece of it. But I also believe that there's, an, there's another part of it that we can draw from for today, and, and it is this. First question I want to ask. When you got saved, do you believe that that meant from the time you get saved that all we do is wait until Jesus comes or we die and go to heaven? Do you believe that there is something to do in that gap? Right? There is something to do in that gap. And I, I, I believe that this prayer, this type of prayer, is a prayer where we say, Lord, you have equipped me now. You have given me your spirit. Now I need you to enlarge my territory. I need you to increase my influence I need you to get me in places that I've not, done, I've not gone before, and I need you to give me opportunities that I've never had before so that your kingdom can be advanced. And as God advances us in our personal life, his kingdom is also advanced, and it's a win-win for everybody, right? So I think this prayer is, is first, bless me, give me divine favor, Give me supernatural favor and also increase my influence, increase my responsibilities, and allow me to to take possession of the land in the name of the kingdom of God. Okay? We good? So God wants you to move outside your boundary lines and take more territory for his kingdom. The next thing. Did I get there? Yes. That your hand would be with me. Now, these are two things that Jabez have been asking for, to bless me and to enlarge my territories. And I think he also understood that he was not going to be able to do this by himself. I think he believed that he needed some help. And so this part of the prayer is he's saying, Lord, I need you to be with me because I can't do this alone. I cannot, has anybody ever been someplace where they know they've got to have God's help? Yes? Right? Zach and Pam, we're in a place. Lord, we need your help. We can't have a kid. Today, we dedicated um, their baby. Right? Hallelujah. Amen. But this is also, to me, reminiscent of Moses' discussion with God. Um, And this goes back to Exodus. And this was a time when, you know, Moses had brought the children of Israel out of uh, Egypt. And now they're in the desert. And he's got millions of people standing around there. 
and they're eating manna every day and they're eating quail and they're complaining about that and he's hitting rocks and water's coming out and so they have something to drink and they, they continually complain and so God and Moses are in this situation and, and Moses wants some resolution and God says, tell you what, I'm fed up. I'm paraphrasing. I'm fed up. You guys go ahead and go into the promised land. I'll send an angel with you. You guys will be just fine. I'm not going with you. You guys go ahead and go. And Moses' answer, what was Moses' answer? If your, if your presence doesn't go with us, don't bring us up from here. Moses understood that he had an incredible responsibility and he needed the power of God. I believe Jabez, even though he's just a regular guy like you and I, Jabez understood that the things that he had in his heart to do for God was going to require God to be with him whenever he did it. This is Peter getting out of the boat. This is the life of faith. This is the life that we live. If we're living a life where we think that we can handle everything on our own and we don't need God, then we probably better take another look at our life, right? Because God called us to move forward, to take the land. Amen? All right. Last one. Trying to hurry through here. Oh, that you would keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. This is the last... This is the last part of the prayer. And to me, this is the most fascinating part of the prayer. First off, he says, keep me from evil. Now, to me, this, this reminds me of Jesus' model prayer where he says, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. I believe that is a very good, solid prayer that we should always pray. We shouldn't, we shouldn't just go through life just welcoming temptation into our lives. We go through life saying, Lord, keep me from this. And this is what Jabez was saying. Keep me from evil. I've asked for blessing. I've asked for more territory. I've asked you to be with me. Now, I'm asking you to keep me from evil. Because temptation is going to come when you step out for God. You know that? It's going to come when you step out for God. But another piece of that, I think, is the evil that he may be talking about is to shrink back into the old identity that he's trying to leave behind. Remember, he's on a journey. He's going out and he's saying, I don't want to be the pain. I want to be a man of God. And I need you to keep me from evil. And part of that evil is me giving up and shrinking back into the person that I used to be. The second part, to me, is, is key. The second part is that I may not cause pain. What's Jabez's name mean? Pain. That I may not cause pain. I think Jabez understood that he caused pain coming out of the womb. And that was placed upon him to carry that through his entire life, right? He was placed upon him. He had no control over that. He didn't name himself. He had no control over whether his birth was going to be successful or not. He didn't. This is the cards that he was, these are the cards that he was dealt, that he was called pain. And he said, Lord, bless me. 
Enlarge my territories. Be with me in all I do. Keep me from evil that I may not be the person that I was born to be because you have called me to be something greater. Amen? 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 So this is, this is why I believe that Jabez caught the attention of somebody writing First Chronicles. It's not just a prayer. It's not just a blessing prayer that we're talking about. And I don't believe this was just a one-time prayer that Jabez was, that Jabez was trying to pray. And, and he just said, Lord, can you do this for me? And then he walks on and God says, sure, there you go. I believe that this was a daily routine, Jabez said. Lord, I need you today. I've got to have you today. He lives out that day. The next day comes, God, I've got to have you today. I've got to have you. And this was the life that Jabez lived. And this is why he was more honorable than his brothers, because his brothers may have gotten decent names, and they just walked through life doing their thing. But Jabez, he had odds against him, and he said, I'm not living that way. I'm not going to expect that or accept that for myself. I'm going to do God's way. Amen? So, next thing I want to talk about is the me box. And the me box is a box that is built for each one of us. Each one of us has a me box. And in that box is an expectation of who we will be in the lives that we live. And some of us are born into this me box, and the, the world around us, we all have a different little world around us, don't we? We've got different influencers, and we've got different people in our, talking into our lives. We've got friends and family and things like that. And in this me box <clears throat> is is this perception of who we are as people, right? When, whenever you go to do something different in your life, don't you wonder, well, I wonder what so-and-so, you change a hairstyle. I wonder what so-and-so is going to think about this. And there's usually a person that we think about, right? I wonder what they're going to think about this. And, and it, it could be a style like, uh, you know, what? could be a Paxton, you know. He used to have hair around here. And now that's all gone. Now he's got hair here. <clears throat> could be something like that. Changing a look, changing, you know, something along those lines. But I also believe that for us that are seeking after the life of Christ and, and we're pursuing that life and wanting to live that life, I also believe that there's a lifestyle change that many of us are trying to attain. And we, what happens is we, we go, we get before God, and we say, I want to live for you. I'm going to do this for you. And then God says, get out of your box. And so we get out of our box, and suddenly everything around us becomes uneasy because not only have the perceptions of the other people around us begin to influence, because they're going, what's going on with you? You used to sit in the break room and, and cuss with us and gossip with us or whatever, right? Um, you used to drink with us. or you, 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 know, you know what I'm talking about. 
you used to act this way, and now you're acting this way, and I'm uncomfortable with that. And some of us, because of that discomfort, step back into the box. And we say, okay, this is fine. I'm comfortable in this place. And sometimes what we do is we draw our own perceptions of who we are, maybe because we've been hurt in the past, maybe we were abused, maybe somebody uh, left us, abandoned us, maybe uh, we've struggled with an addiction of some sort, or, you know, fill in the blanks. There's several things that can shape our identity of ourselves, and we have this perception of who we are, but then God says, step out of that box, and we start to step out of that box, but it's a scary thing to do, right? And so sometimes what we do is we end up stepping back into that box. And it's a tough place to be. But today, I believe, is a day. We've already had a prophetic word this morning. Uh, we had some awesome, amazing worship this morning. The drummer was on point this morning. Yeah, yeah. But I believe today is a day that we can make a change. And today is a day where we can step out of that box and stay out of that box. We step out and we stay out. And we're like Jabez and we have that cry and we say, Lord, I need your favor. I need you to expand my influence. I need you to be with me in everything I do. And don't let me shrink back to that person I used to be. Amen? Let's watch this video. I don't know what happened. I am a student. I am a mother. A teacher. I am a leader. I'm a failure. I am un unwanted. I am felt. I am ugly. ugly. Defeated. I am third. third. Untouchable. Stupid. I am oppressed. oppressed. I am worthless. Alone. 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 I am a sinner. A victim. Redeemed. I am valued. I am a precious child of God. I am justified. Holy. 
never alone. I am beautiful, righteous, accepted. I am free, forgiven, chosen, made new, loved. I am loved. Loved. I'm loved. So 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. You know, it's one thing to know that scripture, but it's another thing to live that scripture. And today, I think, is a day where we can begin living out that scripture. And today, I want to have, I want to give you an opportunity to step out of that box and to begin to begin walking the way you need to be. The walking the way God showed you. God has already placed desires in your heart. He's already placed a life in your heart. And some things may have been keeping you from that. And today is a day to break free. And today is a day to step out and become just like Jabez someone relying on God, crying out to God, but also hearing that God says, I'm going to grant your request. Amen? So, what I'm going to do today, how many, I want to see a show of hands, how many of you have been in a place, maybe it's something that's happened a long time ago, and it's just an identity issue, maybe it's it's an unforgiveness, it's a bitterness, it's just something we're having trouble walking through, walking away from. Maybe it's a fear of man, or maybe it's just a fear of the unknown. Like a show of hands, raise your hand if you're dealing with that and you want to be broken free today. You want to be free today. Now, if you got your hand up, I want to ask you to stand up. Regenerate. We have some some teens that are just amazing. Um, some of them have started fasting for Lent. Uh, some of us, have, some of them have taken the uh, the Nazarite vow, and they've also got a history of praying for people. This isn't a pride thing. I don't think there's anything magical about what they do, but there's there's a history of when they pray for people, amazing things happen. When they, they've, they've prayed for people and broken bones have been mended instantly. It's not what they do. It's what God does. They're just being obedient, right? Uh, they prayed for, for backs and backs have been healed instantly. They've also prayed for people that are wanting to grow and God's done amazing things in them can they pray for you today yes Okay. so we have some of our teens in here today that would like to come and help 
pray and some of our team leaders are going to come up. So if you're standing up, and if you're not standing up, there's one prayed for because you, you're ready for a change. Can you please come to the front? And we're going to pray for you today. Come on up. Come on up. Just come. Just line up right up here. of you while they're praying just come find somebody lay hands on and the rest of you let's begin praying let's begin praying for them so I believe God is speaking to hearts today I believe he has got plans for people today and they're stepping up and they're saying, I am going to make a step forward. I am going to make a change in my life. And I need the help of God to do it. Let us sing our 
have that there we've got it in our house and it's just a reminder of our daily cry it's a reminder of where we came from it's a reminder of what God has called us to do and as we pray that prayer every day I believe God is going to unlock new things for you in Joel it says that that uh, God's going to pour out his spirit right on this generation and old men are going to dream dreams, and young men are going to see visions, sons and daughters are going to prophesy. I believe that God is going to open up more and more of that for us. Amen? Do you receive that? 
So if you will, put that on your, put that on your mirror and pray that every day. I do it. My family does it. And, and it makes a difference because I'm, I'm, every morning when I start my day, I am, I'm recalibrating and getting myself ready for the next day. Amen. Well, let's pray for, for everyone that came up. Uh, just extend your hand, Father. I lift up everyone here today, Lord God, that has said they want to make a change and they want to get closer to you, Father. And I'm asking for you to bring breakthrough. I'm asking, Father God, that you bring new vision, that you bring new dreams, you bring new desires. Father, that you open up doors that haven't been opened, that you uh, bring reconciliation where it belongs, you bring healing where it belongs. And I'm asking, Father, for victory in the name of Jesus. And I'm asking, Father, that you give them each a new name, a new name, not the old name, but a new name and a new identity. And I pray that for everyone here in this room in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Pastor. Thank you, John. Hallelujah. Well, have you been ministered to today? Amen. Amen. The Spirit of the Lord is, is here, and, and uh, we just pray for God to continue blessing all of those that He has begun touching this morning, just to continue blessing and healing as we leave this place, as we leave these doors. Remember, we are children of God. We are disciples of His kingdom, and we want to uh, represent Him well wherever we go. So uh, church doesn't end here. You are the church when you leave these doors. Amen? Amen. Be blessed. Uh, our, uh, our prayer partners are coming forward. If there is anyone else who would like some prayer uh, for anything at all, our prayer partners will be down front, and they'll be happy to pray with you about anything that you need. If you're one of our guests, make sure you go by our North Foyer and, and say hi to them at the Welcome Center. And uh, we hope you guys have a wonderful week. All right, we'll see you later. Bye-bye.